What's up, everybody? It's Arde Teronen from uh, Temple Balls, and you're listening to Growing Up Rock Podcast. Crank it up! Time for another bonus crank it up new music spotlight episode and this time it's coming to you all the way from finland helsinki to be exact we are talking to ard from the new band temple balls what's in a name temple balls lots been made about that name you got to look beyond the name and get into the music because this is a kick-ass rock band somewhere in the vein of Maybe early Skid Row, first Skid Row record. Just really killer melodic hard rock. Temple Balls, just to give you a definition, because Temple Balls are not exactly what you might think in terms of the name. (laughs) The word Temple Balls is basically, it's an original cannabis concentrate. So it's these balls that basically use the whole plant cannabis and are aged to peak potency. So there you go. It's not dirty at all. It's kind of the opposite way. <laughs> so they've got an upcoming album release, Pyramide, 
released on April 16th on Frontiers Records. It's the band's third record release and the first with Frontiers. And that's produced by Jonah T, who's the keyboard player in the band Heat. You know both Sonny and I love the band Heat. So... He's got good taste because this album is pretty damn solid uh, from start to finish. And both myself and Ard, we go through the making of this record. We get into some of the songs and some of the songwriting. Uh, it's a nice short interview. And I play a couple of tracks from the band's release. So if you dig it, I'll urge you guys to get out there and support the band Temple Balls and their latest release, Pyramide on Frontiers Records. See ya. All right. So welcome to the Grown Up Rock Podcast. Ard from the band Temple Balls. What's happening, my friend? It's good. Really good. It's spring and uh, we are having an album out in a couple of days or actually a couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, we are super excited. Yep, so the band's latest album, which is the third release from the band and the first with Frontiers Records, is called Pyromide. Yeah, Pyromide, yeah. Pyromide, <laughs> which is kind of like a take on, it reminds me of a take on the word pyramid or possibly like the beginning of pyromania, that type thing. Yeah, yeah, precisely. The word's not a real word, right? It's something you guys made up? Yeah, it's uh, our bass player who likes to joke a lot of... <laughs> A lot of, make a lot of jokes in Finnish and in English also. So he was like uh, bouncing uh, words, pyromania and uh, pyramid and so on. So I think that's uh, <laughs> how the title came out. He was just repeating like pyramide, pyramide, pyramid, pyramide. And then our producer, Jonah T, was sitting next to him and he was like, oh my God, that's an awesome album title. You should keep that. <laughs> So that's how it <laughs> ended up being on the ended up being the album title. Now a lot of you guys album covers are pretty consistent in terms of like colors and themes. They all they look different. They're first of all they look killer, but they look different, but they all sort of look similar. What's the story with you guys album covers? Is there one particular artist that does all those for you? Yeah, uh, the guy is called Jan Urlund, uh, and he's he has this company called Dark Grove Design, and he has made all of those uh, covers for us, and uh, including the whole whole artwork for for the album. Yeah, he he's such a massive talent, you know. Every time we have uh, put him the basic idea of what we want want uh, on the cover, and every time it has been the first issue that comes back, and we'll put it on the album. So he's like it's been really simple to work with him you know <laughs> he visualizes everything like 100 percent accurately what we wanted on the cover so it's really great it has sort of a, a mayan feel and i kind of figured that that sort of goes along with the band name of temple balls mm -hmm. and a, mm -hmm. lo a lot has been made about the band's name i don't want to ask you guys how you came up with the name because it's been documented that it came from the hanoi rocks Andy right. McCoy biography. So I don't need yeah. to go into that. What I will ask you, though, is given that everybody wants to ask you about that, and given that this has become such a thing, do you guys ever regret the fact that you didn't change the name of the band when you had the opportunity? Or is it it's a good thing because it draws attention to people asking you stuff? Well, uh, obviously, uh, we have thought about it afterwards, 
but uh, I don't think that we we regret it uh, somehow or any anyway in any way. Like, uh, of course, you you could always like think ifs, you know. But if you think what if, then you just uh, focus on the past year, not focusing on the future, and that's gonna like uh, eventually it's gonna like uh, get you stuck in the mud, you know. You cannot move forward. You just have to keep pushing, pushing forward, and not like uh, not to dwell in the past and figuring uh, should we change the name? Because you know, if we had changed the name, then we would have been a bunch of uh, assholes. I think <laughs> we uh, we would have let down the old fans who had loved us since the beginning, even though we had a silly little name. <laughs> I may say, <laughs> I think it's a double-edged sword. So I think there's yeah. obviously the temple balls. People say, well, that name doesn't make any sense. I'm going to keep on moving through the record section or the song section, skip it. But then the other side of that sword is temple balls and it provokes or it invokes, I should say, curiosity. Yeah, precisely. That's that's why we one of the reasons why we wanted to keep the name, because it's just so memorable mm-hmm. like you you see the name you cannot forget mm-hmm. that's like 100 sure if you see it on especially on a, on a big media or somewhere that's immediately like getting your focus right that's super simple <laughs> and to the listeners temple balls is not what you're probably thinking because i know a lot of our listeners and what kind of dirty minds have got so google it <laughs> it's interesting i must say it took me a little time to find the exact definition of what it is, but I'll let you Google it because they can figure that out on their own. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's really good. How much of the new album was written in the past year and how much were demos and riffs and things that you guys had sitting around for maybe the past uh, several years? Uh, Well, we started recording demos. Early demos were made. Probably some of the tracks were made for Untamed, but we dropped them. For example, Something to Die For was originally about to be a part of uh, Untamed, mm-hmm. but then we decided to keep it in a drawer for a while. And I think mainly like 80% of the songs were made right after uh, we had finished Untamed. Mm-hmm. And uh, like the basic demos, obviously we recorded like five versions of those. But I think the basic demos were made uh, during... Uh, 2019 and 20, 2020. Yeah. So you guys talked about being influenced from all different areas of music and art. How do you guys go about writing together? How does the writing process work for the for the band as a whole? Well, uh, since me and Nico are guitarists, we are living in Helsinki, which is uh, located in the southern part of Finland. And the rest of the guys, Jiri, Jimmy and Antti, are living in Oulu, which is the thunder from the north, <laughs> Oulu. So we have like 600 kilometers uh, distance between us. Uh, we work mainly remotely, but we get together like uh, every other week. For example, uh, one month we might meet for rehearsals and to get new promotional photos and so on. Uh, and then we sp- spend time there for about a week or week and a half up in the north. And then we rehearse, make new songs, come back home, record demos. And then we will put up some sort of a uh, pre-production session and, and so on. Yeah. So was this record pretty much recorded remotely? Or were you guys all in the same studio at once? 
we were all at the same studio at once. Yeah, uh, we we like to record together. Although we we make uh, demos and such stuff like remotely, uh, we still want to keep the spirit up, you know, and uh, get together to record an album. It's always it has a positive vibes when you have all of the guys there having fun together, sharing laughs, uh, laughs and uh, having a few beers and uh, going to sauna and such things, you know, just to hang out, hang out with the band and the producer, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's chemistry. So yeah, speaking of the producer, Jonah T, who's the keyboard player in Heat, uh, he also does a lot of production work. He's uh, been producing a few different things. He produced this latest album for Temple Balls. What was it like working with Jonah T? We have worked with him uh, since the debut album. Mm -hmm. He played keyboards and sang some backing vocals on that. So uh, we have known him since that. So he's been co-worker and also nowadays like a really big friend of us and uh, almost like a sixth member of mm -hmm. <laughs> for our band. And uh, yeah, it's it's been really fun to work with him. We share the same kind of humor and same kind of taste in music and so on. So that's that's uh, probably why the chemistry is so so really, really good together with us. Does he take a hands-on approach as a producer? Does he help arrange the songs for you guys or work with you or say, ah, that, that course doesn't sure. work or this he's a hands-on type producer? Yeah, yeah, sure. He he likes to poke a little, <laughs> you know, every now and then like, hey, that's a good part. Let's keep it there and uh, let's put this part there and uh, let's have this phrase uh, removed and, and make up something something else like this, blah, 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 blah. And like so on, yeah. He likes to keep, you know, as a like a great producer producer uh, should. He likes to improve the song itself, not like taking away everything at once, <laughs> you know. Just uh, minor tweaks here and there, and then like to make the best possible outcome. Yeah, I mean, there's producers coming all different shapes and sizes i like to say because right yeah you have producers that like to push the musician to the brink of insanity where they make <laughs> them you know they make them cut the vocal 50 times even though it all sounds the same and that type of stuff right. there are uh you know legendary stories of mutt lang in the <laughs> studio with def leppard and things like that so i always like to find out well what kind of a producer is the band working with and you answered that how do you think this album differs from the first two albums? Uh, it's sort of a mixed bag, uh, you know. We got the we got the brighter and uh, more rock and roll type of side from Traded Dreams, and more like heavy metal, a bit darker vibes from uh, Untamed, mm -hmm. and we got it mixed in the in the bag and shaken up really well, <laughs> and then we have the the outcome. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I wasn't that familiar with the band, like I said, until Hannes Kett mentioned you guys mm -hmm. to me. And I went back and listened to the first two albums quite a bit this past week, and then obviously listened to the new record. And I think it definitely shows progression in the band's writing. I think the new record's fantastic. I don't think you. you can do any wrong, at least in my eyes, of... The uh, I guess it was the second single, which is uh, Thrill of the Chase, T-O-T-C. That's a fantastic yeah. song for my personal taste. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. It's one of my favorites from the album as well. Although I got to mention that I love every song on this album. You know, there many times there's there's at least one person who who doesn't like 100 percent of the songs. 
but like 95%. <laughs> and but on this album, I think we all agree on saying this that we all love love it like 110%, you know, it's just everyone is super satisfied. Everyone is, everyone who has listened to the album says that it's the best so far from our uh, catalog and uh, I'm really happy and uh, a bit surprised how well it came out, you know. <laughs> I think it's a strong record. One of the things or two of the things that stick out for me and, and is is positive for me as a as a music lover. Everybody has different tastes, but for me, I'm not a huge ballads person. I like to rock and roll. I put if I want to listen to ballads, I'll put on uh Barry Manilow or something and not and not Temple Balls. Not a bad choice. Not a yeah, exactly. But there's really only one ballad on this record, uh, which is If Only I Could, which is sort of a mm. piano ballad. But one of the things that I love about that ballad is you get a little bit out of your comfort zone and go into a falsetto part, which I think is really good. I think it was really Thank came you. out really well. And then the other thing that I love about this record is that it seems like to me so many hard rock bands that are putting out albums these days lost track of the three minute song and everything mm -hmm. is five minutes plus. And to me, hard rock, melodic rock, melodic pop, rock, whatever you want to call it, doesn't need to be a five-minute opus. It's fine if you've got a, a five-minute song or a six-minute song on the record. That's not what I'm saying. But I don't want the entire album, every song, to be five and six minutes long. I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, I totally get, get what you mean. I totally get what you mean. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, you guys are not that way. Most of your songs are running right in the three to four-minute range. And to me, that's that's perfect, you know? Yeah, it's just, you know, 45, uh, like uh, plus 45 minutes of great three-minute songs. What could be wrong? Like, <laughs> it's an album. If you want to listen to, uh, listen to like like I said, like an opus, then you should probably listen to Symphony X or, or Led Zeppelin or whatsoever. Mm -hmm. They are really super great bands, actually, one of my favorite bands. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, if, you, if you're uh, doing some kind of, hard rock, melodic rock, heavy metal type of uh, music. I think it's uh, really important to like keep it in somewhat often box the time uh, timestamp on those, you know? Yeah. Just to like make the listener to pay attention on the song really well instead of uh, getting bored in the middle of the song, you know? Yeah. So talking about the thrill of the chase, tell the listeners what you're chasing. What's your thrill of the chase? Uh, well, uh, chasing the dream to be able to tour all the time, yeah. obviously, and get to tour in Asia, uh, in Africa, perhaps in America, North and South, and also Australia, of course. Every continent, every every city, every village, every country, you know, that's just the ultimate goal. Yeah, so once touring starts back up, has there been any discussion about getting the band to the U.S., if even for just like a gig or two? Yeah, there's been discussion, but uh, nothing confirmed so far. Uh, we just actually signed uh, this sort of a uh, management deal uh, with East West International. And uh, the guy, John Steele, he's working all the time to get us to U.S. and, uh, and uh, all around the globe. And I'm looking forward to the results. We haven't, uh, we, like I said, we don't have any confirmed dates or other things just yet, but 
probably will have something uh, physical by the end of this year. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of the biggest problems for fans like myself. There's so much great music coming out of, you know, Finland and Sweden and all these places mm -hmm. more so. Yeah. Uh, than what's happening currently in the U.S. But for fans like myself, we really, unless we go over there, we don't get to see you guys because we understand the economics of having a band come here. You can't yeah. come here and play to nobody. It's too expensive. That's one hundred percent true. We we would have been there if it would have been <laughs> right. If we would have been able to tour there. I mean, that's one of the things that works out really well when we are able to do things like the Monsters of Rock Cruise, and at least they bring one or two bands over. Uh, you know, last mm -hmm. year I was fortunate enough to see Heat and Shiraz Lane for the first time, and both of them blew me away. I was I was over the Great moon. Great band. Great bands. So good. Mm -hmm. So, you know, hopefully there'll be a way to get some of those bands over here. If even only for a date or two, that would definitely help build the uh, fan base here in the U.S., I think. Surely. Surely. Yeah. When you have the opportunity, do you listen to a lot of albums on your own or are you more like just a Spotify guy and just stream a bunch of different songs? I like to discover new music, like uh, firstly listening to the singles. And then if, if a single is good, then I then I might end up listening to the al whole album. Or on some cases, I don't mind if the single is not, not that good. I just uh, like something like uh, the drums or the vocals on, on the track. And then I, I'll check the other stuff. I really love to discover new genres, uh, new, new artists, new new uh bands from every kind of genre I'm, I'm a big fan of music like a like overall and uh i like to find find new stuff to listen to and uh get to see bands i've actually uh went to a few shows like abroad like uh, occasionally because uh some bands want tour in finland and uh then you just have to <laughs> go somewhere else to see those bands so so i i think uh it's really important for people to listen to the whole album because like on every band with every band mm -hmm. the whole album is what what means like the most you know uh the artist gets your support uh when you listen to m multiple tracks and so on and uh you might uh like find yourself as a fan when you have finished the al whole album because if you don't don't like uh the singles it doesn't mean the rest of the stuff isn't good you yeah. know so I, I really prefer to listen to the whole album. Yeah. And and I also also uh if I like like the album much, I will also buy a physical copy of that. Although right now uh, all of my stuff are in garage. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh maybe someday I will uh, have my wall of CDs and vinyls again. <laughs> yeah, same same here. I mean, I'll listen to a band on Spotify or a single or an album. And then if I like it, I'll go buy the physical product as well. Right. Yeah. I think it's really a good way to support a band. You can like when you're on the move, you can listen to them on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, whatever platform you're using. And you can like constantly play their music. And then when you get back home, you can spin a vinyl or, or a CD or whatever, whatever like uh, you're using, maybe a cassette or something. Cassettes are cool, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's what I started with. That's my age frame. I started with cassettes. I still have a Walkman somewhere in the garage and, wow. and uh, a couple of cassettes. 
which are in a pretty good condition as well. So I'm really happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy that uh, my mom gave the cassette player to me one day. And uh, also I found out the old bands through cassettes. <laughs> Some of the cassettes I hung on to, I hung on to from my youth because they were autographed by band members. Oh, that's cool. I got a uh, autographed Toys in the Attic from Aerosmith cassette. That's really cool. Aerosmith, they're a great band. So is there a classic album that you keep going back to, to listen to time and time? Like, you know, no matter how many times you've heard it, is there a classic record for you? Yeah, uh, I think there's a few, uh, at least. Uh, Thin Lizzy's Black Rose is one of those. Then there's uh, Led Zeppelin's Houses of the Holy. And then then there's uh, probably the debut of the Eagles. Yeah, right on. Those are like uh, the ult- ultimate top three albums of all time. <laughs> That's awesome. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your time. I know you've got more interviews to do, so we're going to let you go. The band Temple Balls and the new album is Pyromide, which will be out on April 16th. So go out there and support the band Temple Balls. Thanks again, Ard, for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. See you, buddy. (laughs) Thank you. See ya. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys.
Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.